You're listening to your Dental Top 5 podcast with Amanda Hill, informing you on the top trends in dentistry every Thursday. Brought to you by the creators of A Tale of Two Hygienists podcast. And now, here's your host, Amanda Hill. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Your Dental Top 5, where we take trending topics in dentistry and break them down into five usable highlights that you can take back to your op, your life, or just look smarter at your next dinner party. I'm your host, Amanda Hill. So I know I say this every week that we have a really great episode coming up, but again, we have a really great episode coming up. So this one stemmed from an awesome article that I read in RDH Magazine, and I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, she has to be on the podcast. So today we are going to learn the top five ways to integrate oral health educator into a hospital. And to tell us all about that, we have Catherine Martinez, MPH, RDH, to give us the secret sauce. So, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on today. Hello. Thanks, Amanda. I'm so excited to be here. I am psyched that you are, um, first off, that you're doing this. Like, you have this sort of out-of-the-box kind of career with dental hygiene, but then that you're going to, that you're willing to take some time away to, to sort of share with us sort of the story uh, of how this all came to be and and maybe how somebody else can do this if they're all so sparked. Oh, yeah, listening. totally. I, my biggest goal is to so we can spread awareness, get hygienists into the hospital setting, integrate that medical dental, because it's so imperative and so important. And, you know, the hospital setting is just one way that we can educate better on oral care. Wait, so are you suggesting that the mouth, the oral health is connected to whole body health in some oh, way? Oh, yeah. In some, <laughs> I mean, right? Yes, of course it is. And now we're like, oh, maybe it really is, right? So there, there's a whole bunch of research out there now. And I'm like, how come we're just now touching on this? You know, we've touched on it a little bit over the years, but now we're really finding, yeah, it's imperative. Yeah. And I think that, I think that our dental community is getting it, which is awesome. But it's it's taking a little longer for our medical community to to kind of get on board and, and talk about that. And so you're in this really unique opportunity that that you're able to do that. And I know that we'll dive more into that, but it's really a great opportunity to sort of bring awareness to why oral health matters. And particularly, my gosh, if someone is in the hospital and they're ill, don't you want their immune system to be the healthiest it can be and not dealing with bacteria in their mouth? Exactly. Yeah, no, it's such an important topic and you know. I know there's so many dentistry um, individuals that are like so on board with getting this going and medical is just like trailing, you know, they're like, come on, let's get, let's get you guys on board. And so, you know, when, when the position came about, they were like, so what are you going to do in this setting? Are you just going to brush teeth? And I'm like, no, there's so much more to it. I'm so much smarter than that. <laughs> I'm not just a teeth brusher, I promise. So how, how did this come about? How did this position end up? So uh, it actually, you know, was from the forward-thinking individuals at Delta Dental of Arizona. They had in their mind that they were so, had this vision that we could integrate medical and dental and to have somebody in the hospital setting, especially pediatric, because that's such, you know, such a needing population. But they figured if we could integrate somebody in there to um, educate on oral care, maybe we could kind of fight some of those oral health issues with, you know, systemic links. But uh, so they approached Delta, uh, Delta Dental of Arizona, approached Phoenix Children's Hospital. And the chief nursing officer at the time was Julie Bowman. 
and she saw the vision that Delta Dental of Arizona was wanting to create, and she was totally on board. But it took about two years of back and forth communicating to try to figure out what's the needs, where can we see this person, do we need somebody like a dentist, do we need somebody who's a hygienist, what, what do we need to kind of fulfill this role? And so they decided, you know, an oral health educator would be right on the money of what they needed. And so this is how that kind of that role kind of formed. That is so fantastic. And how did you hear about it? So, you know, I was just looking, you know, I was doing clinical hygiene at the time and I had my master's degree and I was like, I really want to utilize my master's degree somehow, somewhere. And so I'm just looking, you know, for, or you know, education, you know, program management, doing something, public health. And I came across this oral health educator and uh, I read the, you know, the description and I was like, this is something that's totally up my alley because back in New Mexico, I kind of did some consulting for Presbyterian Hospital, uh, helping the navigators with uh, oral health education consulting for their patients who are going through head and neck cancer treatment. So I kind of already had a little background in that. So I was like, this is just right up my alley. Let me just jump on this and try to apply and you know, I was one of the people selected for an interview. That is so awesome. I'm I'm so excited. Well, let's let's dive into this top five ways to integrate oral health educator into a hospital. What's number one? So the number one is that first off, you have to do an oral health needs assessment. You have to figure out what the needs of the entire hospital is. So I went through, con- conducted an entire needs assessment, and realized that their policies and procedures. Uh, for all of the patients hospital-wide was lacking in certain areas and the products in the hospital was lacking. So that is my number one thing that I wanted to tell everyone what to do is update the policies and procedures and update the products in the hospital. So by going through, I completely revamped all the oral care products hospital-wide and specifically those that were tailored for the oral care products for the hematology oncology unit because they have very specific needs so their products have to be very specific just for them. I, so this is what I'm picturing. I'm picturing like you go in and like you see these products that, I don't know, somebody that doesn't know anything about dentistry probably picked and you're like, oh my gosh, that has like the lowest pH ever. Like, no, we can't, you, you can't use that. And oh my goodness, you get, it, I mean, is that kind of what happened? Well, so because it's a pediatric hospital, you would expect to see more pe- pediatric tailored toothbrushes. I mean, they told there was one time I was looking at their toothbrushes and they said, oh, this is for the adults and this is for the, the pediatric. And I put them up to the nurses and I was like, well, they're the same exact size. They're both huge. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, we never noticed that. And I'm like, how is this going to fit in a two year old's mouth? This I don't even think this could fit in a 50 year old person's mouth. How is this going to fit in a two year old's mouth? So it was just seeing that and saying, OK. This isn't even going to work. So if you wanted to increase compliance in the hospital for oral care, you have to have the correct products that's tailored to that patient. So we revamped everything, completely broke everything down. Um, you know, the two, even just the toothpaste that they had there. The toothpaste had a certain type of toothpaste that was just a very generic bubblegum flavored, which kids hated the bubblegum taste. And it also had like a red dye in it that most some of the kids were allergic to. That was the only kind they had. So it was kind of revamp, realizing, okay, here's all the needs. Here's how we can revamp it and then get those right products in there. How interesting. It was funny because when you started talking about it, 
you know, creating policies. I don't know. In my head, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know how to do that. But then you start talking about, you know, I, I certainly understand products and I certainly know a, what toothbrush to recommend. And so I guess where where it sounds a little a little cerebral or it sounds confusing, it's really stuff that we just know. That's amazing. Oh yeah. And you know, in going through and finding those high risk patients and saying, how often should these high risk patients be brushing? And so making the policies and procedures to say, okay, maybe this person doesn't need to be woken up every four hours for oral care, but this person really does. And so having a policy and procedure that says that in place, like here's where our high risk patients are, here's where our non-high risk patients are, here's where the oral care policy and procedure is gonna lie. So wow. it's getting all of that on board with the hospital staff and having everyone educated on, okay, here's my patient for the day, here's what I need to know, here's how we uh, implement that oral care for this patient. So it's specifically tailored for each individual patient. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, what's number two then? What's the next thing you do? So number two is that I go through and my day-to-day -day tasks and everything that I do at the hospital is I educate all medical providers, which is the nurses, the residents, the doctors, the patient care technicians on the oral care policies and procedures that were created, how to do correct oral assessments, how to improve their treatment outcomes by way of the oral cavity by using the correct products. So I work really closely with the quality control, the um, nurses, the infection control uh, teams, the nurse managers and the clinical nurse educators. And so with this group of people, I go through each of the units specifically the hematology oncology unit, the NICU, the PICU, the CBICU. Those are all of our cardiovascular intensive care units, our pediatric intensive care units, our neonatal intensive care units, and our hematology oncology. And go through and provide real-time bedside education with those nurses, and they're called, they're called hack rounding. So we go through and we discuss what makes that patient a high risk, what makes that patient, um, do they have a central line? Do they have a ventilator? Do they have a trach? So what makes that patient important to know how we're supposed to do oral care for that person? So we go through the infection control and infection control is obviously looking at, you know, making sure that there's clean technique being used, making sure that the sinks are clean, the quality control nurses are making sure, you know, the, the foleys are off the bed, suctions are out of the bed. And then I go through and I'm educating on how are we correctly doing the technique for oral care? How often are we doing the oral care? What products are we using for this type of patient? How old is this patient? If this patient's this age, what are we doing for this patient? So it's kind of a well-rounded uh, team approach that we're using to go and perform bedside education real time and have that nurse ask any questions that they may have for us. Well, and certainly that's amazing because when they, I certainly know myself, when I understand the why behind something, I'm much more likely to do it. And I have to think the same for the nurses. When they understand the why, why do I have to, you know, clean clean their teeth? I'm much more worried about other things in their on their body. But once you get the why from you, who can tell them the why, then they're probably much more likely to follow through with that, aren't they? Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, there's so many things that they didn't even know, right? So they're they go, Oh yeah, we knew it's important to brush the teeth, but we didn't really know why it's that important. Or we didn't realize that we need to be suctioning beforehand to get all the secretions out before we go in when it's a, a ventilated patient or a trach patient. So educating on the reasons why, then they, they better understand it. And then they're more inclined to want to do it more frequently and do it 
more correctly. So of course, (laughs) of course, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, what's number three? So number three is that I go and I sit on various committees within the hospital. And these committees are all aimed at reducing hospital acquired infections. So there's a specific committee that I sit at at Phoenix Children's Hospital. It's with a group that's called Solutions for Patient Safety, which is a combination of nationwide over 100, uh, Phoenix, or 100 children's hospital, pediatric children's hospital. And it's all aimed at reducing harm to that pediatric patient. So we were really work in collaboration with Phoenix Children's Hospital and these other hospitals at ways to reduce central line infections from occurring. So I sit on that role and kind of get um, asked by other children's hospitals, well, how does your role work? What are you doing? We all want to work together and we all want to figure out how we can reduce central line infections. So I sit on that committee. I also sit on uh, the hematology, oncology, bone marrow transplant work group, which is a group that we all sit together and we identify patients, we identify what their diagnosis is for cancer, whether or not they're going through the bone marrow transplant, what their treatments are gonna be, and managing the side effects that are gonna occur with those treatments. So I sit on that group, as well as hospital-wide sitting on the Central Line Associated Bloodstream Infection Team and the Ventilator Associated Event Team. And uh, sitting on those, I give my input, anything that's oral care related, I sit on those to say, Here's how we can work at reducing these hospital-acquired infections by sitting on these boards, talking from my knowledge, and also getting everyone else's. So we're working in that and a professional team approach. What an amazing thing. I, I hope eventually that we're moving more and more towards this interprofessional uh, realm because, you know, we all know what we know. And when we bring it all together, it really is is better for the patient. It really is. And, you know, there's so many people who are like, we never knew. We never knew how important it was just for oral care. We never knew how important it was to look in the mouth and what exactly we're looking at. That's amazing. All right, well, what's number four? So number four kind of touches on that. So it's, I go through and I perform oral assessments on high-risk patients or those with oral concerns. So I work together with the medical providers at showing which patients are at a high risk uh, due to certain oral conditions in their mouth at the time and work with them on ways that we can decrease the bacteria in the mouth so that we we don't have more of a risk for a central line infection or um, VAP, which is ventilator-associated pneumonia. So I also work with them to help to educate when a dental referral is absolutely necessary. And I kind of help to facilitate that patient in finding a dental home when they leave for outpatient care, or whether or not we need to bring in a dental provider into the Phoenix Children's Hospital to get that dental care inpatient. So it's kind of like I'm almost like a dental navigator at that time too, because I'm working so closely with referral and uh, bringing in. So I have a lot of uh, providers reach out to me to figure out how do we get patients scheduled for treatment in the hospital, or who do you have that we can send them out to based on what their insurance is. I, I'm picturing I'm picturing a whole nother whole nother role here where you have this hygienist that comes in with her cordless infinity handpiece by Young and she has a portable suction and she's got that really awesome uh, suction tip by Dove Products that prevents backflow, which is amazing because you know certainly when you're in a hospital bed, patients close down, you don't want them to have backflow, and they could actually provide treatment like right there in the bed. Does that ever happen, or is that like my dream of the future? 
You know what? You know, that is really what we're really trying to work on, especially at our hospital, because we don't have a dental clinic here at our hospital. A lot of other children's hospitals do have a clinic attached to it. We do not. So one of the things we want to bring in the future is kind of like a dental cart, which provides the assessments, which can provide, you know, bedside oral education, oral profies, or x-rays, whatever we need, assessments, right there bedside. So... That's definitely, we definitely could do that in the future, and that's something that I really want to work at bringing in, hopefully maybe with another hygienist to bring in or with a team of dental residents, hygienists, and everybody else. That's great. There is so much more portable equipment now. I mean, as I've gotten to know about mobile and portable dentistry, it's amazing what what you can just bring with you to provide that care right where the patient is. And when you're dealing with an ICU, it's you can't exactly go out for a day visit and come back. You know that's that's not a great idea. So that's yeah, an awesome. and you know a lot of our a lot of our patients need you know when they're going through heart transplant, liver transplant, they only have a limited amount of time to get that oral exam before they're uh, eligible for that. So when you have a heart that's ready to go, we need ASAP somebody to come and evaluate and do that dental evaluation, or they're not going to be qualified for that transplant. So it's imperative that we have something available bedside or have a provider in there. Wow. Well, there you go. We created a whole new job. Okay. Okay. Hygienists start getting to work on that one. All right. Well, what's number uh, five or did we finish number four? We finished number four. We finished number four. Yes. Number five. So number five is actually my absolute favorite that I love to do in the hospital. It is providing the patient and family oral health education. One thing I love about going into each of those rooms of those kids is building that relationship with the families and, you know, hearing from the children and hearing from the families and what they're going through and how they are outside of the hospital and just forming that relationship with them. It's just absolutely incredible. It's you become kind of like part of their family. So that's one of the best, the best parts of working in a pediatric hospital. But I, I go through and I perform the oral assessments on those kiddos and provide, provide just a well-rounded education on what they're going to be expecting when they're inpatient and, how they can help to manage if they're in, you know, going through hematology, if they're going through cancer treatment, what kind of medications that they're going to be getting, what side effects that they can be expecting, how we can minimize the pain, how we can minimize, you know, the, the issues that they're going to face with that cancer treatment. So really working side by side with that family and then following up with them through the course of their treatment if they're having any issues, you know, just kind of being that stepping stone to say, okay, Here's how we can help brush when you have mucositis. Here's what we can do to help with your pain. Here's certain products that we can try. And so the families have been extremely grateful that there's somebody like that who's coming in because especially when it's been a patient that's been a relapse or they came back in and like four years ago, they didn't have anything like that and they just suffered with the mucositis. And they were like, oh, we didn't know that there was products that we could have used that could have helped, you know. So uh, it's it's been just an award it's like so rewarding and I am just extremely grateful that I had that chance to do that and to be there that person for those those families and I've gotten followed up by a lot of different families who called me down the road and they're just like we are so grateful you know I'm I'm, I'm a hygienist but I'm like oh my gosh I'm doing so much more you know yeah oh I can see why that's your favorite part that would totally be my favorite part too Yeah, Yeah, you're really making a difference and you can see it like, oh, that's huge. Yeah. So, I mean, I light up so much when I talk about it because these little kiddos, I mean, they're like my entire world. 
You really do. Wow. You know, I have a children's hospital in my city. Now I'm ready to go like knock on their door and be like, hey, I got an idea. We should do this. I And, you know, and I'm trying, I'm trying to spread the word. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to open up all these hospitals eyes to the, you know, what the need is. And so I've been reached out to by so many different children's hospitals and saying, how can we do this? How can we get somebody in here like this? You know, what can we do? And so that is my ultimate goal is to try to get a hygienist into all these hospitals. And really, if, if I can make an impact, I know so many other people can make impact in those hospitals as well. Absolutely, man. Every hospital needs probably a few hygienists. Oh my that would gosh, be yes. cool. Yes. All right. Well, let's review your top five. So number one was that you created policies and also products and all that kind of cool stuff. So that's uh-huh. really neat. Uh, number two is educating providers, which is huge because they just don't even, there's so many that don't understand that connection. So that's that's awesome. Number three is sitting on different committees and, and being able to give your input. Um, number four, perform oral assessments. And number five, the best one, patient education and really making that huge difference. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for spending time with us today and teaching us all about this amazing career path that Heck, I didn't even know about. That's so awesome. I'm so glad you found this for yourself. Oh, thank you so much. I am so happy to be here and to, you know, spread the word. And, you know, if, if anybody ever wants any advice or is interested or is trying to figure out how can I do it, you know, I I am going to be your biggest advocate because I see what, what the need is. And so I'm like, let's let's go. Let's push forward, you know. And how can they reach out to you if they want to do that? So the best way to reach out to me is probably my email. It is kmartinez, M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z, three, the number three, at phoenixchildrens.com. Great. And we will put that in the show notes, everybody, so you can reach out to Catherine because I know you're going to want to because this is so (laughs) cool. Well, thanks again. Um, Now, we all know that only four out of five dentists could agree. So if you have something to add to this top five or you have an idea for a whole nother top five, email me at amandahillrdh at gmail.com and we'll be sure to include your dental top five. Make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of your dental top five. Be sure to join us next Thursday to hear more from Amanda. 